remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning, everybody. It's Tracy and Leslie, and we are here with Say Yes to Spirit. And I'm so glad that you have joined us, and I hope that means you've decided that it is important in your life to say yes to Spirit and live that commitment in such a way that everyone around you know, everyone around you knows, without you saying a word, that you have said yes to Spirit. We've been doing this show for over four years, and there's plenty. There are plenty of recordings in the archives, so um, you can find a topic that interests you and listen in anytime that's convenient for you. And you'll notice that each week we have a theme, and the theme simply gives us a focus point. I'd say 99% of the time we stick with the theme. Uh, but every now and then, the theme takes us on a journey we had no idea we were getting ready to take. And today might be an example of that. Our theme this week is The Veil. And uh, we'll be talking about, is there a veil between God and man? And if there is, what is that all about? And is what psychics do seeing beyond the veil? Are you able to see beyond the veil even without being a psychic? And Or is there really no such thing as a veil? We'll be getting into all of that. But before we do, we um, always try to connect the dots between our most recent theme and the theme we are on today. And in the background, you may hear the Connect the Dots theme music, which lets you know that it is time to connect the dots. So our theme last week was um, toil. (laughs) Toil. Toil, that four-letter word, toil. Toil and the veil. (laughs) There's no natural connection there as I'm thinking about that, but, you know, it does occur to me that... uh, we got the veil concept out of the word toil last week, and I think that last week was an example of a week that we veered quite off the topic of the toil. Um, but it's interesting thinking about the veil, and I was so interested at the very end of last week is when I kind of got a concept that Tracy had a different idea of the veil than I did, and I kind of hooked into wanting to hear more about that. And um, the idea that, to me, on some ways, I think in the past, you know, looking at spirituality and connecting to spirit on the other side of the veil, in my thinking, um, has, over time, come and gone from being work or feeling like toil. And and I have learned that the, the discipline, the discipline of a spiritual practice is the thing that kind of opens me up to being in the flow beyond the veil. But uh, many times in my life, I have seen that discipline as toil or work or something that just didn't seem any fun at all. So there's a, there's a slight connect the dots there. But I'm really interested in this concept of the veil. So, so it's all about me and what I need, basically.
Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and our theme this week is The Veil. Our theme is The Veil. Hope that um, you have joined us um, for a great, interesting, who knows where it will go conversation, talking about The Veil from a spiritual perspective. So, Leslie, you were excited about this topic, as you said, in the uh, Connect the Dots. So, um, Go. Yeah. Well, at the end of last week, I'm trying to recall now what you said intrigued me to think, because you kept saying there's no veil, there's no veil, there's no veil. Right, because you kept saying, we should do a show <laughs> on the veil. <laughs> and and is it, you know, when psychics are seeing, like, dead people or, uh-huh. or whatever, like, are they seeing beyond the veil? It's like, there is no veil. Okay, so, <laughs> so we can do that for 55 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So, but at the end, you said, tell me your definition of the veil. I think that's what intrigued me. No, no, I don't remember. There's something. I don't have a definition of the veil. You don't think it is? It it seemed to me that you said something, and I don't know if it was after the show or during the show, where you said something about that you are able, you're aware when you're vibrating at such a level and here's kind of a, a basis of belief system, and, and my spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, talks about this all the time, and I guess now, I don't know how, but I, apparently spiritual people can actually measure the vibration levels of different people. I think that's an interesting thing. But, you know, Jesus or Buddha or Allah vibrate energetically. They're vibrating at a different level than a rock. And that that's what kind of, you know, even though the rock and Buddha is the same thing, we're all one, it's the level of vibration that differentiates how we express. That's a theory or a philosophy that I happen to believe in. So I guess I have to suspend, or I have to say that sort of like a disclaimer. I have worked for this person. You know, it is like a disclaimer. That's my belief system, that there is a vibrational level. Everything's the same thing. And what makes it outpictured differently is the level of which it's vibrating. And you said last week that sometimes you vibrate at a level that you are able to sometimes see the unseen. Do you recall saying that? That's not what I said, but what I did say, <laughs> what I did say uh-huh. was yes, that I think that um, that energy vibrates at different levels. Mm-hmm. And you asked me something about my being able to communicate with people who are dead. Right. And I said something like, I believe that because I believe in the eternality of life, right. that when we die in our physical, when our physical body dies, mm-hmm. that our soul, our, our energy mm-hmm. still exists. Right, absolutely. It's just vibrating at a different level. Right. So if at some time I can make a vibrational match, Mm-hmm. to right. whatever is going on, because we're all vibrating at different energy levels anyway, then it would make absolute sense that there would be a vibrational match. And so there's nothing ever separating us anyway. It's just are we a vibrational match to that which we are seeking. And, and we use that context in spiritual settings not even talking about connecting with, you know, or receiving a message from someone who's dead, but with each other. Like when mm-hmm. people are looking for their soulmate, mm-hmm. you know, this person I'm supposed to be with. You know, you hear folks talk about it's your vibrational match. Are you being mm-hmm. the vibration? Are you being the person that would attract that kind of mm-hmm. mate? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is vibrational match and there's a veil for me has that sense of something a physical barrier Uh but we think of veil as sheer Sheer, like I can see I know there's something there I just can't completely attach to it Mm -hmm. in the way that we define veil in our in this society in this time in this century Um, so yeah so there you go so, so, so you're distancing yourself from the idea that you that you're just saying in theory you think this can occur. You're not going to claim necessarily that you have vibrated at that level to be able to sense the unseen. 
Oh, no, I interact with the unseen all the time. I think that that's a spiritual being, beingness of me uh-huh. is unseen and oh. is alive and oh. was alive before I came oh. into this physical body and will go. be alive after this physical body is laid down. Mm-hmm. And so that physical being, that, that, that uh, spiritual vibration is always a part of me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my conscious living is in this physical body. So I think a lot of times what we call intuition mm-hmm. or when we're meditating, mm-hmm. we're actually changing our focus from the physical mm-hmm. to the spiritual. And so we get in alignment with that vibration. I think when we're asleep and we're dreaming, we're moved out of our conscious attention to the physical body, uh-huh. and we become more in vibration to the spiritual. That's why I think that's why so many people will have a dream that gives them guidance. Mm-hmm. Because if I believe there were a veil, I would probably say because <laughs> it moves them beyond uh-huh. the limitation of the veil, so that they can receive guidance or a message. But since I don't believe there's a veil, I think it's that the spiritual truth of that of each person then forms these messages in a way that the physical brain and body can interpret mm. because otherwise the person would miss it. Gotcha. So people interpret things differently, and, and the oneness would know the way that I need to, you know, maybe I'm an auditory person, so I need to hear it, you know. Intuition shows up a lot to me in a pretty clear voice, turn left now kind of voice. And, um, you know, over the years, because I have several voices in my head, that was my challenge, to discern, you know, that whole, I remember I spent like years meditating on discernment, you know, how to tell the... The good voice from the bad voice and the happy voice from the sad voice and the scary voice from the God voice. voice was easy. <laughs> now, my scary voice is very sort of manipulative, so it can sound nice. <laughs> it's a very, it's very, very interesting, my mind. But, yes, I, okay, so, so I like that idea that, you know, spirit kind of comes in in the way in which that we are able to... Um, to see or, you know, best receive. And this concept that, you know, there's no veil, of course, I guess that would sort of go with my idea that, you know, ultimately we could walk through walls if we were vibrating at that level. And um, and it is fascinating, different, you know, I have various people in my life that have various, you know, uh, psychic or intuition or different kinds of things that they do and, you know, some to the extreme of, Extreme ooey ooey, you know the astral flight idea. People ooey 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 ooey. Yes, that's like that. The ooey ooey, the ooey ooey thinking. I was asked this morning by someone. I said, "How long have you been thinking ooey ooey?" I said, "Oh, forever." I thought ooey ooey, much to my mother's chagrin. They wanted me to think Methodist, you know. Ooey 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 ooey. You've never heard of that? The ooey ooey thinking, the ooey ooey religion. Yes, right. Um, but there is something, I guess. Um. You know, I'm I'm in interested, engaged with, curious about, you know, more of the direct kind of. Uh, I have a person that I work with that one time and I see routinely, and uh, can see the unseen in spirit form. And you know, I asked him if there were any kind of spirits around me, and he doesn't really know me that well, even though we have this we see each other on and off. He said, well, there's always this man, and he described my dad to a T. And he said, he's always right there behind you. And what's interesting is I don't think my dad is, you know, hanging out behind me. I think he's got lots to do on the other side. I think he's actually come back, to be honest with you. But I do think that somehow that this person that sees, quote, unquote, the unseen saw something that my intuition would resonate with and would find peace with and so therefore it presented itself you know in the physical form that she he could see that would cause me to feel peaceful or oh daddy's here oh you know 
I'm always watched over by Daddy. Because I don't really believe that Daddy's entity or spirit is hanging out with me. But I do think there's a positive energy that's always hanging out with me. And then it would form form itself in a way that it could be interpreted by someone to tell me something that would then cause me to feel calm. Did that make any sense at all? Oh, it made perfect sense, actually. Ah, praise God. So I think I guess that's in, I think that's kind of how I think of that. I don't think it's that spirit. I think people that you know see things see them in a way that people will then interpret to feel at peace. And it's just you know like I said the other day you know I mean I just really think whatever Daddy God angels guys I think everybody's kind of pushing in on the other side of the veil because they're bored really because you know it's peace and perfect and light there so they're just constantly trying to pitch in the game of the human experience because that's, you know, A human being would think that, wouldn't <laughs> A human being would think, but being human really is the, is you the, know, is the, the thing. It's the There's contrast. Well, you know, that would be the fun part, the contrast, uh, like all I, that other. Is. I just want you to know that <laughs> you know, when I so. leave this physical body <laughs> and I am having my completely 100% spiritual <laughs> experience, you're going to be bored to tears. I will be so not bored interested. I will be so, if some if if you come along and you have joined me over there and you're like, come on, Tracy, come on. let's go see who's doing blah blah blah. Let's I was hang like, out and help them. Leslie, been there, done that, signed up for the experience, had it, loved it. I'm perfectly happy right now doing what I'm doing. Oh, but that can't be true. You wouldn't have created the contrast to begin with, one mind, God. Yeah, I created the contrast so I could have that experience. <laughs> and then I you're done? And then you I'm think you only need I don't have to do it again. Really? I'm really, 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 oh, that's really, so really funny. Dumb. See? So let's see what the Bible says about the veil. <laughs> Bible. Does the Bible talk about the veil? Oh, con- uh, not constantly, but lots. Oh, lots. So let's Does look. Does it use the word veil? Uh, oh, lots. Oh, lots my. of places. Um, in both the literal and the figurative sense. So we're, so we're talking about the figurative sense of a veil. So let's see. What uh, translation would we like to use for... 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 3, 14. New International Version. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Let's read a different version. Let's read the International Standard Version. However their minds were hardened, for to this day the same veil is still there when they read the Old Covenant. Only in union with the Messiah is that veil removed. So this idea that, which makes sense in the context of the best you can ever be as a sinner. You you are born into human form and you will sin, and so you must, um, you are saved by Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came to die for your sins, and so that is your salvation, believing in Jesus. Um, so this is in alignment, that there is the veil there because the old ways of being always remain until or only unless you believe in Christ and that is how it is taken away. So the concept of through some form of spiritual awakening or being that we you know, that the that the veil is removed, which you say don't doesn't exist. But um and I do believe in this kind of concept too in terms of I've read about the idea that when we come in, when we're itty-bitty, baby babies, you know, we're really just still sort of here and there, literally here and there, and we're aware of here and there. And um, I had the opportunity when my nephew was born, what, 17 years ago, 
his parents went to, to therapy once a week, and so I got to keep him every week for three hours. Isn't that nice that they had the need to go to therapy every week, so I had that exposure to him. I think that was very pleasant. But anyway, when he was baby, 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 so from the first week of his life, which is interesting because I have no two-legged children, so this was really my only experience, but I had this idea, even back in the day, 17 years ago, so when he was a baby, baby, I would say to him, where are the angels, you know, before he could speak or talk or something, and every week I would say, where are the angels, and over the first year of his life, I would, he would literally look in a direction, you know, I could tell he was, there was a difference in his, and then when he could sort of start to kind of, you know, move his arms or, you know, have more of a inclination to show me what he was looking at, he would really show me that there was, you know, angels or what he was looking at was real, and somewhere between his second and third year, my sister and her husband obviously went to therapy for a long time, but anyway, somewhere between that second and third year, and it was literally within a week span, I said, where are the angels? And he looked at, just kept his eye contact with me, and it was like he had no, and it was so strange to have that experience with, you know, a little two-legged something, that it seemed to be that quickly, that the quote-unquote veil, or the, you know, the hardening, or whatever it is, something shifted, and suddenly that wasn't really readily available to him for whatever reason. And then the idea for me, I guess, you know, you try to always get back to where we were when we were six months old. That seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? <laughs> try to get back to where we were when we first came in. Yeah, well, there's a thought. That's a whole other show all in itself. <laughs> I want to go back to the innocence of six months. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a whole. I'm not going to be distracted <laughs> by that. That takes me someplace completely different. Um, there's also in the Bible, uh, it's um, in the book. Well, let's read this from Bible.org. At times, the veil is lifted in the Bible, allowing the Christian to see the unseen. At the birth and baptism of our Lord, the veil concealing the glory of our Lord was lifted and the heavens opened, revealing the angelic hosts. At our Lord's transfiguration, once again, the veil is lifted, allowing three of his disciples to see a preview of the kingdom of God. And in those places and and other places in the Bible, it's like the veil is likened to, like, the, the sky, or the horizon, you know, that kind of line between land and and the horizon mm. where, which, of course, supports why so often you have that image of, that a cultural image of God, you know, in the sky or mm. in the clouds. Mm-hmm. So it's like the veil is lifted and you can see the angels in the heavens mm-hmm. celebrating the birth of the Christ. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, the the, the veil is lifted and you get an image of, you know, heaven, depending on what your religion or denomination is, you know, the all white and streets of gold, and it's like the imagery of it, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, so in the language of the time in which it was written, this idea of the veil being removed briefly so you can catch a glimpse and the looking up to mm-hmm. see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all fits together, right, in, in terms of the idea. Um, but I think as I began to um, shift my beliefs and my perceptions about God in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, God, a physical-looking being, living in the sky and looking down on me mm-hmm. with love or judgment, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's about the time that I stopped thinking about the veil. And, that, and, and you know, I'm, I'm really from a spiritual level of believing that um, God is everywhere, then how can there be a physical, how can there be a oh, separation? Oh, I, I think that's what you were saying at the end. So that's... There's no veil if there's no separation. Ah, that's what you were saying at the end of last week, that, yes, that I was starting to resonate with, and I thought, oh, that's a different way of thinking of the veil, because if I believe, which I do believe, God is within me expressing out, then certainly there's no veil, quote-unquote, between this spark of spirit inside of me and me. It's one. So, 
I mean, so I get it, right? I get the the imagery of it, even though the imagery of it does not match my belief of the spiritual truth. I get mm-hmm. the imagery of it. It just no longer makes sense to me in terms of spiritual practice or magic or psychics or whatever connection I might have to this idea that there is the veil. And if I'm special enough, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm really, really special, then... I can see beyond the veil. <gasps> the veil will open for me. I've never thought of it in terms of special. I've thought of it in terms of, you know, vibrating. I, I'd come back to that. I really do. And I think all of us have all the same kind of quote-unquote gifts. We could see the unseen. We could have the intuition. We could read the minds. We could we could know what we don't know if we kind of fell back into that and allowed ourselves to, um, you know, be present to that. I think the human experience and the human fear many times keeps me kind of, you know, boxed in. And, you know, now this is going to sound very strange. I don't know why I'm having this metaphor. But, you know, trauma survivors many times have trouble uh, having sexual pleasure, letting themselves go, letting myself go in that direction of pure pleasure. And I think in some ways if you uh, equate emotional or spiritual pure pleasure or spirit, you know, falling back into that would also sort of be that sort of same experience. And so so that's why I can't see the unseen just because I'm a trauma survivor. Damn it, all to hell, now I understand. <laughs> I can't have an orgasm and I can't see the unseen. It's just not it's right. It's not <laughs> possible because you're a trauma survivor. Oh, yeah, there's hope for me. There's got to be hope for me somewhere. And I think that's the same kind of thing. There's a physical release. There's a spiritual release, and one has to be able to to trust or to be in a safe space or to just let go to experience any of it. And as long as I'm connecting to my human kind of belief system, I can't let go. I think that's shifting for me, though. I just have to say that out loud. So, But anyway, good news for me. But go ahead. You look like you want to say something there, Tracy Brown. Well, okay, we quoted the Bible. So from a metaphysical perspective, um, there's a guy named Roy Smith. He founded a group called Spirit Quest. And in one of his blog posts, he, he did this whole long blog post that got into this conversation about the veil. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from that. Um, he first refers to... Um, to the veil and uh, the um, in the Bible, and he talks about the veil in the tabernacle and temple within the house of God, that there would be a curtain, like ah. a physical, mm-hmm. a curtain separating the priests and like the, the parishioners, the peace and the priests and God, and and so he talks about all of that first, but then. And, and how that was called the veil between the outer and inner rooms represented in that setting the separation of man and God. So here's huh. a quote. Today a veil still separates us from the spirit realms. To most of us this veil seems impenetrable. It seems to block us from direct conscious contact with spirit. So we often refer to it as the veil of separation. In fact, no actual curtain, wall, door, or mist exists between us and spirit. The veil is a metaphor representing our belief mm. that we are separate from the spirit. It's an illusion we created for various reasons, but even though it is an illusion, it holds our perception of physical reality in place. Most of us still believe the physical reality is the only reality mm. that exists because the veil blocks our view of the spirit realms that lie beyond it. See, now see, that's what I resonated with you when you were saying that at the end of last week. I thought, oh, that's right, Tracy Brown's right. And, you know, that happens so often that I think to myself, oh, Tracy Brown is right. 
So, but last week it just came through, and that is that is that is correct. I think that is right. That it's an illusion that we therefore name, that we therefore give credit to, that we therefore create, that we therefore affirm, and then it becomes, you know, I'm going to start saying the brick wall because you know it's such a. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, and it becomes the box within which we right. live right. that allows us to feel safe. And so, in some ways, and we've talked about this idea a lot about how the ego mm-hmm. is really serves a purpose, right, to protect us. It thinks it's keeping us safe and keeping us from danger, so, yes, and does. thinks it's helping us move toward what we say we want by, you know, seeing seeing what it can see based on past experience. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, our ego is our, is the veil. Oh, without a but doubt. But it's inside of without us. Without a doubt. And um, mm-hmm. and I've, I don't think I was, I had thought about that at all last week when we started going in this direction. But, in, you know, at a certain level. Oh, my goodness, yes. The ego, well, the ego builds and supports the veil. Yes. Like you were saying, you know, almost making it instead of a veil, a brick wall. Don't you dare right. go try right. that. Don't you dare right. do that. Oh, that's really dangerous. Right. And so, um, and you know what I'm thinking now is this is so fun. I think it's so fun how, how even in my spirituality, sadly, I've created games for myself to help trick myself. That my ego is, because I'm thinking about how, um, People will say that the veil is thinnest on the solstices, mm-hmm. the winter solstice, the summer solstice. The veil is supposed to be the thinnest. And so I now, and now it's so funny because I'm seeing this now as yet another kind of trick of my ego, that I think if I lay on the ground in my backyard during the winter solstice or the summer solstice, that I'm going to be able to have this glimpse of something, right? Right? It's great, isn't it? That's fantastic. Okay, it's it's the thinnest. Okay, now that. this is I'm my chance. This is my chance. I'm gonna, something's going to happen. Pay attention. could be a 10-second little thing. could seem like a flashbulb. So, but that's so interesting, and that would be another sort of trick of my ego to then create this, okay, you want to, you know, have the veil really, well, I'll create these two days that it's the thinnest. And then I'll create this language right there, and then I can look forward to Or like this time, I missed the summer solstice, and so I was so distressed. I have to wait now until winter. <laughs> oh, I don't think I was like, well, that's so sad. You should have put an alarm on your phone or something, but now you have to wait. But isn't that fascinating? Yeah, the ego so detailed. So here's what else he says, which is interesting and related. Some people believe the veil must be preserved. They say that access to spirit might be dangerous ah, for much. us. The light's too bright. And any bleed through from the other side could expose us to the threat of evil spirits, ah. black magic, and witchcraft. Mm. Others claim that the veil keeps duality fixed firmly in place, and we need duality for spiritual growth here in the physical world. Mm-hmm. And um, the separation of physical and spiritual realities is just one example of duality. The veil, they say, keeps us from being distracted by the beauty that lies beyond it and helps us stay focused instead on the work we came here to do in the oiling world. I was like, that takes us right back to last week. So um, the veil's penetrability varies from person to person and for each of us over time. This is so because each of us has achieved and continues to achieve different levels of spiritual growth. This is why some people have been able to gain greater access to the spirit realms than others. Also, loose idea to some extent. To some extent, yes. And so it's it's fascinating, actually, the language of it. Yeah, and like so many other things, even if I if I were found myself in a conversation with someone, and this came up, it's a reminder of how important it is to ask. So tell me a little bit more about how you see or understand the veil before I react, because. Scream out! There is no veil. <laughs> well, I wouldn't scream it out. I would probably say what I said last week. 
I don't really believe there is a veil. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about how your, <laughs> how your ego has the, tells you the veil. No, I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about how you understand the veil and what you're meaning by it, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not sure I understand. I mean, that's probably what I would do before I got too far into why I believe there's not a veil, because they could be talking about the veil as a protection from Mm. evil spirits, Mm. from quote-unquote black magic Mm -hmm. and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. They could be talking about the veil as um, I cannot see beyond the veil to my spiritual um, potentiality unless I believe in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They could be talking about the veil veil from a more metaphysical perspective Mm -hmm. of, you know, so... Yeah, it would be important to know that before right. I totally walked away from them and said, I don't need to talk to this person anymore. Clearly, you are vibrating at such a low vibrational rate that you have nothing for me. <clears throat> but it is interesting, the language and how detailed um, the ego can be in formulating this illusionary experience. And... Um, uh, you know, I I don't know what philosophy this is, but I remember years ago at one point I was sort of toying around with some philosophy that basically says that everything is kind of a trajectory of my mind so that when I leave this space with you, you really are only physically existing as a projection of my mind, and then when I leave this space, you no longer even physically exist. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting for a few months I kind of toyed with that as an idea and that was a little like being on some sort of, I don't, I've never been on a psychedelic drug, but it felt sort of like that because it was so mind warping to consider that nothing exists outside of my little what I'm seeing because I'm creating it. It was such a sort of, I don't know how to describe it other than mind altering kind of experience. But it is interesting to go into these ideas or these allowing my mind to ponder, you know, why is it that I have created this illusion of a veil? Why do I, you know, continually put in the story that I can experience emotional pain or that I can experience separation or that I can experience disappointment or, you know, life not going quite as well as it could have gone? You know, how how I feed these things. And it's, um, and it's fascinating because now at least I've gotten to the point where I can clearly kind of bounce between the two in my own human experience. And um, it is really, like we talk about a lot on this show, it's a matter of what am I feeding. And um, I've, I've been very aware of that the last few days is what I'm feeding you know, every experience that happens to me, I'm feeding it either with the idea of spirit or with the idea of fear and human. And so how am I feeding that experience is going to give me the interpretation of it. And and now, there is no veil. I believe there is no veil. There's no veil, Tracy Brown. Why did I ever think there was a veil? There's no veil. There's no freaking veil. That's what I I'm speechless. <laughs> and I've given so much meaning to the veil, and I really enjoyed the idea of, you know, considering this concept of seeing beyond the veil. So for me to give up the concept of the veil is That's huge. pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. And it wasn't my goal at all. Later on. Yeah, there you go. See, that's when true magic happens, when you're not really trying to change them. Like, I have no attachment. You believing what I believe mm-hmm. just because I believe there's no veil, um, and you know I think that there is the because there is the belief in the veil, <laughs> the collective belief in right, the veil, the collective belief, and and we do it makes sense that we use that language not just from the biblical perspective, um, but you know, in, in other circles as well. I mean, it, it's it's a good imagery for this idea of separation mm-hmm. and 
the more you believe that there truly is no separation, mm-hmm. the harder it is, I think, to maintain a belief in the veil. You know, it's so funny. I can I can remember. I think it was a New Year's Day, or there was a ritual uh, at a, a spiritual center that I went to where they actually had kind of that, you know, sort of sheer sheet, and they did this sort of ritual of you know lifting the veil. So even in metaphysical communities, yeah, and there's still yeah, this reinforcement it. of, you know, some even though you know ours is really really sheer. <laughs> Well, and, and that's why it's like I think in in so many ways it really is a good metaphor. I mean, it really is having the image makes it physical, makes it more mm-hmm. concrete. Um, and I can imagine using it in a in a ritual. No, don't do it because you're reinforcing the concept. Well, I well that's what I was gonna say. I mm-hmm. can imagine using it in a ritual as long as. If I were using it in a ritual, I would imagine once the veil is lifted mm-hmm. or once someone crosses through mm-hmm. to the whatever is on the other side of the veil, that then the next part of the ritual would be about the veil is your imagination. Ah, yes. To re, you know, the veil right. is the story you've made Told up yourself, right. that Told keeps myself. you from... From living your life mm-hmm. in in the one mm-hmm. in full partnership mm-hmm. with divine guidance, the veil is is something your ego is reinforcing. The veil is you know something that truly doesn't exist mm-hmm. except as you give it mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could see using it in in. And then using the metaphysics of it, because mm-hmm. metaphysics is all about interpretation. Now that's a ritual there, Tracy Brown, that you need to create. That's a powerful ritual. And I don't think I've ever seen that ritual. Even in metaphysical rituals, there's still been this concept of this thinly veiled, veiled, veil. And, you know, but it's never been followed up with, a, that's an illusion. And, you know, it's so interesting. I have started this 40-day abundance. The Abundance Book. How many times have you started? I did day six this morning. I'm so proud. And now this is really fascinating. And again, it's just so, you know, I always say this. If it wasn't my life, it would be so interesting. But sadly, it's my life. But um, you do this thing where you write down this concept. And it's an amazing concept that I 1,010% believe with, which is we are our own supply within. The divine spark of God is all there is, and the supply is a, you know, bountiful. Mm-hmm. So no money, no person, no place, no condition. That was the message from yesterday. You know, is my supply. My supply is within. It's a thousand and ten percent available to me. I'm, and it, and it, it already just in the first six days, I'm seeing a theme where they'll he'll talk about having an awareness and then an understanding and then a knowing. Kind of you know that there's phases in terms of becoming aware to this idea that spirit within me is my only divine supply. And the other theme is that it's always churning up. It's always there and that it's not ever limited that you know that there's no limit to it and I'm finding myself even though I a thousand ten percent believe in that I and it's the ego or the human whatever the human I am angry I mean I, I know I am journaling after I meditate for 15 minutes this is just ridiculous where's the money I need the money I need the outfit ring I can sit around all day and talk about how abundant I am and how spirits within and divine is all the supply and where the hell is the money? I'd like the money now. And so it's really interesting. And they had this one meditation one day where we were talking about looking up. It said to look up. It kind of had this, you know, the metaphor to look up and to, you know, see what's already there. And so it's fascinating. And I feel myself just like gripping into this like, you know, screw you, book. Screw you, book. Screw you, wise book, you. Until and tomorrow so, morning. Until tomorrow morning when I, you know, I do my 15 minutes and it's, Fascinating, and I'm so committed to it. I'm so interested, and you know, in 34 days, we'll see, right? But even because, see, ultimately, I think if I do it for the 40 days, I think if I don't self-sabotage, that it will take its own. It will. It will. It's already it working. Will. Yes, right, right, right. So all I have to do is just just do it, just physically do the work, and you know. But it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. So fascinating. And I am keeping kind of a record down below 
like I already got like one new client during the six days, which I thought was interesting. One new client to you know make some money. So money, money, money. The form, the form, the effect, the effect. <laughs> yeah, I can sit around me spiritual all day. What good is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a veil, the veil, the veil of, of of accepting and acknowledging and being in truth of that I am the supply. The supply is with me. Shifts everything. And this woman, it's funny, I did this little, I call them parlor tricks, I don't know what they're, but there's some final things that I've learned over the years, and one of them is that if you write a question with your right hand, and then you close your eyes, you take a deep breath, and you open your eyes, and you you answer the question with your left hand, your non-dominant hand. Since I'm right-handed, write the question with my right hand, my non-dominant hand, try to write the answer. Then it kind of opens up a connection to intuition or divine self because it short-circuits your brain when we try to, short-circuits my brain when I'm trying to write with my non-dominant hand. So I had the women in the jail do that. And uh, then I had them kind of talk about their experience and some just, you know, thought that was the stupidest thing in the world and it was ridiculous. But then others had sort of an experience and one had this amazing experience where she said she wrote the question, will I ever be rich? And she got the answer, you're rich already. Wow. And she was really, and it like helped, it did kind of transform her and help her see, oh my God, I am rich already. In so many ways. Mm-hmm. Let me count the ways. Yeah, that's great. That was interesting, yeah. Yeah. The switch, switching to use your non-dominant hand um, does change lots of things um, or, and open you up to intuition. Yeah, so sometimes people... Oh, really? Will, mm-hmm. So it's not something I made up years ago and it's a real thing? It's a real thing. And um, yeah, and that's that's one of the ways to to use it. So cool, very cool. So the veil. Is there <laughs> anything else that we have to say about the veil, or are we gonna end today's show a little? You don't early? want to talk about the veil for another ten minutes? How could you not? Well, I just don't have anything else to say. There is no veil. There is. I mean, I could say there is no, no veil, veil for 10 minutes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I could, um, you know, quote other places in the Bible where the veil is used as, but it's the same point. You know, you should Google. Google this, a Samuel Jackson new movie, a Samuel Jackson um, new movie where about a young girl who... Uh, starts to, because of some drug that was implanted in her, she starts to be able to have access to 100% of her brain, of her mind, 100% of her mind. And it's, I think it's Samuel Jackson, was like the god in the movie. It's not come out yet. It's called, but it talked about how we only access usually 23% or something of our mind. And if we really had access, did you ever see that movie with John Travolta, Phenomenon? I think I did. And it was kind of he started having, uh, you know, ability to move objects with his mind, and uh, he would be able to learn a language in like 10 minutes. If he read a book on Chinese, he could understand it and be speaking Chinese. Um, It's an interesting thing for me to think about that even our human mind, we don't really fully access. Mm -hmm. And in some strange way, if we... um, even had access to all that our human mind because there's something spiritual about our human mind that we don't really access. And it was an interesting trailer in terms of how this young girl sort of then begins to be able, is able to see the life and everything uh-huh. and like the trees and the buildings and the cars even though we don't really um, Think of those as living things, the car, the building, you know, they're all, the energy is the same. And it's, um, it's an interesting idea that even if we accessed more of our human mind, that uh, we would be able to really see things that we don't normally see, beyond even it just being a spiritual thing, that it would even be a chemical thing. There you go, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that as an idea. Too bad I can't remember the name of the movie. 
Um, yeah, me either. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's clearly not Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson's oh, upcoming gosh. movie, Reasonable Doubt, which sounds actually, <laughs> which looks like it's going to be very interesting, but it's not about that. It's not about that. Okay, no. then never mind. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not seeing anything else that is coming up that looks like, like that. Like that. Using outside of our mind. That movie, John Travolta, Phenomenon, I think one of my favorite parts of that movie was when he was listening to the trees rattling and it sounded like applause. And it's fascinating how when we're really attuned to kind of the here and the now, mm-hmm. how even nature, you know, takes a different, we become more at one. Yes. Especially with nature. And nature probably is a way that we can connect beyond, quote-unquote, the illusion of the veil. There is no veil in nature. Really? (laughs) Now you're going to tell me there's a veil in nature? You've just convinced me there's no veil. Now you're going to say there's a veil in nature. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm just considering, um, from a human perspective, do we consider there to be a veil between the tree growing i can't understand how that tree how that flower grows to be so beautiful cuz it's god's work and i don't feel i'm with the tree but yeah i think you're right i think when most people go and engage in nature take a hike sit by the side of the ocean, walk on the beach, whatever they do outside or <clears throat> in in nature, that they feel the veil between them and God does thin. Yeah. Because I'm a part of mm-hmm. all of this creation. Mm-hmm. And um, right now there's a veil between me <clears throat> and this conversation because now I'm intrigued by the movie you described <laughs> and I want to I want to know what is that? That sounds like it would be a really good movie. Oh, yeah, it's a very exciting. Yeah, it's in. Sounds I, like something I would want to. See. Who's another older black man that I might have Samuel Jackson confused with? Oh, Samuel Jackson is not going to like it that you call him an older black man. <laughs> he is an older black man. Not, I guess it's all relative, older compared to... He's got to be in his 50s or 60s. That's right. It's like older compared so we're, to... So we're younger. 50s? Yeah, 20s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who it could be since I don't know the <laughs> Morgan Freeman? Jake Morgan Joe Freeman. Jones. It's Morgan Freeman. It's Cooper <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, oh you white people. <laughs> It's Morgan Freeman. There you go. He's, he plays the, the God. That's it. No, that's not it. I don't know. No, not Transcendence. It's not out yet because Transcendence is out, isn't it? Lucky. No, that came out in April. It's about a mind. Oh, well, we'll have to find it for next week. But it's Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman is the guy. And it's about a mind. It has a young, young, blonde, white woman. There you go. Who I can't even begin to remember her name. Okay, well, this is um, going downhill fast. <laughs> so I think that is there anything else we want to talk about the, the veil? veil? No, but I do think that I will find out the name of that movie because it talks all about not having the veil, not being in the veil. And, you know, it is interesting to me to some movies and some books and some art that sort of encompass this idea of not having, you know, of being connected to spirit. So in a strange way, those mediums are also kind of a conduit or a way to connect to this concept that there's no veil. And people that um, produce those movies or, you know, write, not produce them, but write them or, Mm -hmm. you know, artists that create them, are really kind of, you know, utilizing their gift in a way that can kind of connect all of us to the truth of that in a way that's um, 
perhaps more user-friendly than a sermon on Sunday morning? Yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that works in, in just miraculous ways to open up the general cultural right. mindset to m- move to a different place whether it's a New York Times best-selling book or whether it's a film that gets released or sometimes, whether it's a song, yes, you know, Pharrell Williams and the song Happy, <laughs> right? It's like it's created a whole energetic yes. shift yes. in a matter of months. Yes. Now, is it a lasting shift? Who knows? But it actually has opened. It could people. be for someone. It could create right. a, a shift that could absolutely impact their lives for the entirety of their lives. And um, yeah, I think it's it's amazing how you know those things can happen in such subtle ways, and then bigger things happen that aren't yes. so subtle, like the you know, World Trade Center and, and 9-11. Mm. I mean, that's a big, huge, one t- kind of one big mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that impacts millions of people mm-hmm. and the mindset. Mm-hmm. But our films do that as well. So uh, maybe that's the topic for some future show where we begin to look at um, what impact do films like the Transformers and X-Men and, <laughs> you know, um, and Spider-Man, and what, what, what's the impact they're having on the way we view the world and the way we show up in the world? So, not next week, but at some point mm-hmm. film and the impact mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. has on... Um, and the opening that it presents, the opening, the opportunity to be open. You know, I think any kind of artistic anything really does. We do a lot of art with the women in the jail, and because of how we understand how the brain works, you know, art therapy, a lot of times with trauma survivors, art can be a way in to getting connected to feelings and being, uh, you know, working through healing through art is a, it's a very powerful medium. Yes, yes it is. So art could be a way through the veil that doesn't exist, but now I really believe it doesn't exist. I'm really excited. Thanks for sharing, Tracy Brown. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week's episode of uh, Say Yes to Spirit. Check out the list of past shows and see if there's a topic or theme that interests you until we are able to come back together and do it all again. So until that happens, say Say yes. yes. Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.